I don't think we think enough about heaven, which is kind of strange considering heaven is the goal of everything in our life. Um, Instead of thinking about heaven and hoping to get there, maybe uh, we find ourselves bogged down with the details of this life. Farm chores, paying the bills, sports, and so on, graduations. And maybe that's because for many of us, our image of heaven is, it's like that, it seems kind of boring. Eternal rest, we say. Um, But we like excitement, we like action, we like to see and experience new things, so heaven might not seem that interesting. Well, thankfully, though, and that's not right. That's, it's not boring. It's the most interesting place ever. Um, so what is heaven really like, and what does it have to do with our everyday lives? Our second reading today was from the book of Revelation. It's the very last book of the Bible. In fact, that was like the second to the last chapter of the whole Bible. It's fitting that the Bible ends with this, this, these images of heaven. The book tries to help us understand how awesome heaven is, uh, but it's so awesome that words fail. There's no word written down on paper that could express to us the awesomeness of heaven. So uh, scripture uses a metaphor that we might be able to relate to. In the reading today, heaven is described as a city, as a new Jerusalem. Understand how a new Jerusalem would be such a great thing. We need to remember a few things about the old Jerusalem. If you remember your Bible history, you remember that King David made the city of Jerusalem a holy city by bringing into it the Ark of the Covenant, which for the Jews was the place where God was most present for them on earth. King David's son Solomon then built a large and elaborate temple in Jerusalem to house the Ark of the Covenant. He built the temple according to God's exact specifications. And the worship that went on there was performed according to God's exact instructions. We can read those specifications and instructions in the Old Testament. The temple was the place where God was worshipped the way he wanted to be worshipped. It was a place of, it was meant to be a place of right worship. With that bit of history in mind, then, let's look at this passage from Revelation. Many people, even Christians, think of death and heaven as a permanent leaving of the earth, as an entry into a purely spiritual reality where we exist in God's presence, just our individual soul right there with God, just one-on-one. We often think we're just going to discard our bodies, and we think, well, good riddance. But that's not what the Bible's telling us about heaven. Remember, in the creed, we say we believe in the resurrection of the body. We're going to get our bodies and our earth back, but better in the end. So heaven is like a city on earth. Not like just disembodied spirits, each individually just staring at the Lord. Cities, instead of that kind of maybe boring image, they're full of activity, they're full of people, there's interactions, there's relationships, and so on. So cities aren't boring, they're bustling. This heavenly city in particular is unlike any other city founded by ordinary men, which you might be thinking, oh goodness, or thank goodness, because you probably live out on a farm and you're like, 
I don't really want to go to the city. <laughs> but this, why don't you want to go to the city? Well, this city, the heavenly new Jerusalem, is different, right? Um, the new Jerusalem's foundation, we read, is, is the 12 apostles, those men who in our gospel were promised the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The new Jerusalem, unlike any earthly city, is founded and governed then according to God's rule. In this city, God reigns perfectly and justly. So, unlike a city you might not enjoy on earth, there's no tension, there's no crime, there's no hatred, there's no poverty, there's no tense politics, and on and on. There's none of that. And right there at the center of every aspect of daily life in heaven is contemplation of God as he is, not just as we think he might be or as we imagine him to be, but as he truly is. It's interesting to note, too, Scripture tells us there's no temple in this new Jerusalem. In the old temple, or in the old uh, Jerusalem, the temple was the most important part of the whole city. It was the very reason that everybody would go to Jerusalem. Within that old Jerusalem, the temple was something like a little oasis where God's will was meant to be most perfectly accomplished, where God was worshipped most perfectly. In the New Jerusalem, though, the entire city is the temple. The entire city is like that innermost room, the Holy of Holies in the Old Temple. There, God is most present. In that place, should we find ourselves there someday, we're going to see God as he is and experience perfect happiness. Another detail we notice about this heavenly Jerusalem is that it has city gates, and the gates are open, and they face all four directions. This hints to us that everyone from all the corners of the earth is invited in. Not just the Jewish people, but also the Gentiles, meaning those non-Jewish converts to Christianity we were reading about in our first reading. As we pleaded in our responsorial psalm, O God, let all the nations praise you. God wants every single one of us in heaven, in his heavenly Jerusalem. Now, as I said, we don't often think of heaven because we get bogged down in our daily activities and our duties and we're very busy. Uh, But that doesn't mean we're all called to abandon our duties and just live as contemplatives who do nothing but sit here in church and pray, although some people are called to something kind of like that. Rather, we are all called to let the reality of and the hope for heaven illuminate not just a little part of our Saturday evening or Sunday morning in this space, but rather we're meant to let the reality of and the hope for heaven illuminate every part of the reality of our lives. Recall how in the New Jerusalem it says there was no sun or moon. Instead, the glory of God illuminated everything in the city. All activity in heaven is illuminated, seen and understood in the context of God's grace. Likewise, the work we do here and now should be done with heaven in mind, always in obedience to the commands of the Lord to love God with all we have and are, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So as you go out to work in the fields, if you can ever get out there, if it ever dries up enough for you to get out there, should do that work with a respect for God's creation, as well as a goal of generating wealth, 
so that the family can survive and that wealth can be shared with those who are in need. The paying of bills, too, should be done with not resentment, but out of a sense of justice and fairness, which pleases God. Playing sports, that should be done with a sense of gratitude to God for health and fitness, and in in a way, also to give glory to God. And so on with every aspect of our, our, our lives. Heaven is not just disembodied souls floating around on clouds, kind of just staring at God and bored for all eternity. It's, it's more like a bustling city full of saints, your best friends, full of activity, in which, all of which is enlightened and informed by God's presence. May our anticipation of that reality help us to live our lives here and now at every moment with heaven, with New Jerusalem as our goal. Amen.